Welcome to Friendship with God. Today, Tom Cantor will teach us from the book of Esther how Esther resists great temptation and how the king gives her great honor to her petition. This message is available for free download on iTunes or at friendshipwithgod.org. As always, Tom Cantor wants to encourage you to witness to your lost Jewish friend that's around you. Maybe it's someone that owns a business, someone that you know that's a neighbor, a co-worker, a relative even, someone that you know that's Jewish, whether secular or orthodox or Hasidic or Reformed, that needs to be reached with the gospel Tom Cantor makes available through his life story on DVD and in a booklet form, this free gift from Israel Restoration Ministries. And we've put out millions and millions of copies because we reach 1.5 million lost Jewish people a year, as well as Gentiles. But specifically, we go to the Jew first with the gospel. And we do that through Israel Restoration Ministries and these free gifts. So if you'd like one to reach your lost Jewish friend, call us at 1-800-247-3051. 1-800-247-3051. If you'd like to support our Jewish evangelism ministry and this Bible teaching radio program, for a donation of $30 or more, we'll send you Tom Cantor's three books, Frequently Asked Questions by Jewish People, Prophecy and Fulfillments of the Lord Jesus Christ, and his testimony, How a Jew Came to Know and Put His Trust in the Jewish Messiah. All three books into one January resource compilation book. It's yours for a donation of $30 or more, and we'll match it with a donation towards Israel Restoration Ministries. Call us at 1-800-247-3051. Now or after the program, give us a call, one 800 247 3051, 1-800-247-3051, or go to friendshipwithgod.org. Here's Tom Cantor with today's teaching from the book of Esther. Let's begin. Let's just take a few moments once again to ask God to speak to us. Lord, we are here as a church, as a group, but also as individuals. And each one of us is here today because God is our Father. And so we pray, Father, speak to our hearts in Jesus' name. Amen. Esther chapter 7, verse 1. So the king and Haman came to the banquet, or the drink, with Esther the queen. And the king said unto Esther on the second day of the banquet of wine, What is thy petition, Queen Esther? And it shall be granted thee. Or an ask, it shall be given to thee. And what is thy request? And it shall be performed even to the half of the kingdom, or ask to the half of the kingdom, and it shall be done. Then Esther the queen answered and said, If I found favor in thy sight, O king, and if it please the king, or if it be good upon the king, let my life or my soul be given to me at my request, and my people be given to me at my petition, and my people at my request, for we are sold, I and my people, to be destroyed, or literally for one to destroy, to be slain, and to perish, or literally cause to perish. But if we had been sold for bondmen and bondwomen... I had held my tongue, although the enemy, the adversary, could not countervail or could not equal the king's damage. Then the king, Ahasuerus, answered and said to the queen, Esther the queen, Who is he and where is he that does presume in his heart, or whose heart has filled him, to do so? And Esther said, The adversary, or the man, an enemy, is this wicked Haman. And Haman was afraid, or terrified, before the king and the queen. And the king, arising from the banquet of wine in his wrath, went into the palace garden, and Haman stood up to make request for his life, for his soul, to Esther the queen. For he saw that there was evil determined, or the word is literally finished, 
against him by the king. And then the king returned out of the palace garden into the place of the banquet of wine, and Haman was fallen upon the bed whereon Esther was. Then said the king, Will he, or is it to, force the queen also before or with me in this house? As the word went out of the king's mouth, they covered Haman's face. And Harbona, one of the king's chamberlains or eunuchs, said before the king, Behold also the gallows or tree, fifty cubits high, which Haman had made for Mordecai, who had spoken good for the king, standeth in the house of Haman. Then the king said, Hang him thereon. So they hanged Haman on the gallows that he had prepared for Mordecai. Then was the king's wrath pacified or subsided. Now, in our last study of Esther, we saw these wonderful, remarkable words that started chapter 6 of Esther 6, 1, where it says, on that night could not the king sleep. And he commanded to bring the book and so forth. We saw how that night of something as simple as insomnia was the beginning of God's deliverance for the Jewish people. How great God is. We saw in that chapter how God had a multiple, God several interests within that chapter, several interests that God was interested in. First, God was interested in Esther and Mordecai. Uh, God was interested in Esther and Mordecai that their faith should be strengthened. And especially Esther's faith was strengthened as we saw the heroine of our story here move with a beautiful humility and confidence toward God. And on the other hand, we saw also how God had an interest in saving the Jewish people from destruction that was being, and that deliverance was being played out because of a night of insomnia. Because in saving the Jewish people, God's interest in saving the Jewish people, that's not just any people that Haman had set his hand against. This was the Jewish people. There's a very important phrase that appears throughout the book of Esther, and the exact phrase, it's used over and over again, and only once is it translated for what it really says, and here's where it appears. Esther 3.9, when it says the Jewish people may be destroyed, is literally caused to perish, that they should be caused, he should cause them to perish. Esther 3.13, where it says this, and we're actually translated exactly what it is, it says caused to perish. It's the only time when it's translated that way. In Esther 4.7, when it says the Jews to destroy them, it really is saying caused to perish. And Esther 4.8, when it says to destroy them, is really saying caused to perish. In Esther 7.4, which is the part we just read, where it says, and to perish, it really means cause to perish. What a phrase that is that's appearing over and over throughout the book of Esther. Cause to perish, cause to perish. That phrase is not just saying to perish, as in not caring whether or not they perish or not, but to actually bring about their destruction, to cause to perish. Haman wanted to be the cause for the Jewish people perishing. Haman wanted to go down in history as the one who caused to perish the Jewish people. Haman had set his life goal on causing the Jewish people to perish. So the issue was that Haman was trying to cause to perish the Jewish people. That was Haman's goal, and Haman had a way to cause to perish the Jewish people. And that's what we've been studying about. The problem was that Haman's way to cause to perish the Jewish people was the wrong way. He wasn't going the right way to cause them to perish the Jewish people. Now, did you know that in the Bible, God told specifically the right way to cause to perish the Jewish people? He did. 
All Haman had to do was just to follow the way that God had already specified in the Bible for how to cause to perish the Jewish people. God gave very, very clear step-by-step instructions for how to cause to perish the Jewish people. So very clear. God gave four simple steps. He said, these four simple steps you will cause to perish the Jewish people. And Haman's problem was that he was not following God's very clear step-by-step, four steps on how God said, this is how you cause to perish the Jewish people. Now, if Haman had followed God's clear four steps for how to cause to perish the Jewish people, then he would have accomplished his goal of causing the Jewish people to perish. All right, so let's look at God's very clear four steps for how to cause to perish the Jewish people. Turn to Jeremiah 31, 35. Here we have them right here, four simple steps. And it says, if you follow these steps, you will cause to perish the Jewish people. So it's Jeremiah 31, 35, okay, where it says, For thus saith the Lord, which giveth the sun for a light by day, and the ordinances of the moon and the stars for a light by night, which divideth the sea when the waves thereof roar, the Lord of hosts is his name. Okay, verse 36. If those ordinances depart from before me, saith the Lord, then the seed of Israel shall cease from being a nation before me forever. In other words, it caused to perish. It's in verse 37. Thus saith the Lord, If heaven above can be measured, and the foundations of the earth searched out beneath, I will also cast off all the seed of Israel for all they have done, saith the Lord. So there you have it. It's four simple steps. That's all they had to do. And then he would cause to perish the Jewish people. Step number one, simply make the sun to stop giving light during the day. Step number two, simply make the moon and the stars to stop giving light during the night. Step number three, simply take the dimensions of heaven. And step number four, simply chart out the foundations of the earth. (laughs) That's it. God said, what could be more simple, right? He says, all you got to do is four simple steps. And God said, anyone's a challenge. God says, lay the challenge down. Anyone who does those four simple steps, and God promises that he'll cause to perish the Jewish people. He says, they'll stop being a nation. He'll cast them off for all their sins. He'll hold their sins against them. So God says to Haman and to Achminadab, and you should have had a more simple name, what can we do? And every other person who has as their life goal to cause to perish the Jewish people, God says, so take up the four-step challenge and you'll cause to perish the Jewish people. It's just that simple, see? Very simple. (laughs) But wait, there's more. And so, because God said that if a person is able to complete those four simple steps, then he says there are two extra bonuses that will happen. And those, you can turn to see those in Psalm 137, verse 5. So he said, if you do that, those four simple steps, there's is more, there's two bonuses in Psalm 137, verse 5 through 6, give the two extra bonuses. What are they? If I forget thee, O Jerusalem, let my right hand forget her cunning. If I do not remember thee, let my tongue cleave to the roof of my mouth, if I prefer not Jerusalem above my chief joy. So God says, God says, if God forgets or causes to perish, it causes to perish the Jewish people, then God has promised bonus number one, God will lose the function of his right hand. Okay? He won't have function of his right hand. And if he does not remember the Jewish people, then God promises in bonus number two, he'll lose the function of his speech. <laughs> so God said, if he forgets the Jewish people, then his right hand will become crippled and he'll become a mute. In other words, it's impossible. It's impossible for God to lose the function of his right hand. It's impossible for God to become a mute. The sleepless night for the king was the beginning of the stopping 
of the cause to perish the Jewish people. Now, about the Jewish people, even though they are lost, and many of them despise and reject the Lord Jesus Christ, even though many of them tragically are ending their lives in hell, God is watching over them as a hawk. And he has said in Zechariah 2, 8, He that toucheth you toucheth the apple of his eye. Have they for the most part rejected their Messiah and God? Yes. Have they for the most part done wrong? Yes. But unless anyone should think that God will ever cast off the Jewish people because of what the Jewish people have done, God made it very clear in that passage you read in Jeremiah 31, 37, where he said he would never cast off the seed of Israel, for all that they have done, saith the Lord. Now, so God was interested in Esther, Mordecai. God was interested in the Jewish people. God was also interested in Haman. And we saw in our last study that how God was interested in Haman. He didn't want Haman to perish. He didn't. He didn't want to send Haman to hell. He didn't. He wanted Haman to come to repentance and be saved, because that's just who God is. And we saw that's why God made several opportunities. He put up several signs to Haman that read, Wrong way, Haman. Turn around, Haman. Don't go on, Haman. Come to yourself, Haman. Repent, Haman. And repent of the desire to cause to perish Mordecai and the Jewish people. It was of God that Haman saw how good a man Mordecai really was and how he delivered the king from two internal murderers. It was of God who caused Haman to be forced to exalt Mordecai by leading him through the city as he cried out, This is what's done to the man whom the king delights to honor. It was of God that Haman's wife and his friends told him, If you continue down this road to want a cause to perish, Mordecai and his Jewish people, you will be destroyed. It was of God who caused Esther to delay her request to destroy Haman, One more night, one more day, and from within hell today, Haman, in looking back over his life, at looking back over all those opportunities that God gave him to turn around and confess how wrong he had been, Haman knows today within hell that he only has himself to blame. He's tormented every day with the knowledge that he did not have to end there. He had a chance, many chances, to reverse what course that he was on. For Haman, it's a sobering reminder that the worst torment in hell is the knowledge that it's all not necessary. And it's the memories of the different Christians who came and with great concern lovingly sought to do everything they could to bring the lost to repentance, to bring them to call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Those memories are the torments of hell. Now, the king and Haman and Esther come to the banquet. So now, Haman's opportunity, and he doesn't even know this, but his opportunity to be saved is coming to a close. It's narrowing down. And with verse 1, we see the king and Haman coming to the second banquet with Esther. And with those words we read, So the king and Haman came to the banquet with Esther the queen. What's so remarkable about this is that Haman is walking right into what will become, he doesn't know it, he's walking right into what will become the courtroom, where he will be indicted or accused, where he will be judged, and where he will be sentenced. And he has no idea. 
He has no concept. The scene is happy, being so happy. It's a banquet. What could be better? He's invited to the only guest with the king and the queen. Looks so very nice. But he has no idea this is his last opportunity. And what is about to happen to Haman, the indictment, the trial, the sentence, is going to happen so fast. This is the pinnacle of our book. This is the climax of our book. This chapter 7, 10 verses. That's all it is, 10 verses, because everything's going to go boom, 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 boom. It's going to happen in rapid succession, and it'll all happen, really, in the first two verses, where Haman's going to be separated, and Haman doesn't realize that when Esther speaks, it's all over for Haman. That's it. Once she begins to speak, it'll be all over. There'll be no hope for Haman, and in his stubbornness, He refuses to repent with no thought of the grave danger that he's in. In his ignorance, he's walking stubbornly into his last stand. And so as we see him here in verse 1, it's a picture of so many today, where Proverbs describes them in Proverbs 29.1. He that being often reproved, hardeneth his neck, shall suddenly be destroyed, and that without remedy. And as we sit on the sidelines which we are today, and we're reading this in Esther, and we're watching all this unfold in front of us. We're going to see for Haman. We look at this and we say, oh, the awfulness of it all, of how Haman was reproved so many times. We say, oh, the awfulness of it all, of how many times Haman hardened his heart. We say, oh, the suddenness, only 10 verses, the suddenness of it all, of Haman's destruction. And then we say, oh, the hopelessness or the without remediness of it all, of Haman's destruction. So as we see all this happening to Haman, our hearts go out to the lost today. Haman's gone, but they go out to the lost today because everyone who has either passively or aggressively refused to acknowledge their sin before God, refused to take the Lord Jesus Christ as God's remedy for their sin, is in Haman's seat. Everyone who has passively rejected God's gift of eternal life through the Lord Jesus Christ by saying, not now, not now. I have some things to do right now. I have some other things to do, some pressing things. I got to take the load out of the laundry machine and put it into the dryer. See, very important. Everyone who has aggressively rejected God's gift of eternal life through the Lord Jesus Christ by saying, I'd rather go to hell than believe in Jesus. They're all, doesn't matter, passive or aggressive rejection. They're all in Haman's Proverbs 29, one seat of having been often reproved, having often hardened their necks, of suddenly they'll find themselves in hell with no remedy, no way out of hell. Now, what happens? The king makes a surprising offer to Queen Esther in verse 2. The king said unto Esther on the second day of the banquet of wine, What's thy petition, Queen Esther? And it shall be granted thee. Now, what is thy request? and it shall be performed even to the half of the kingdom. Notice here how the king gives great honor to Esther. The king doesn't call her Esther, but the king addresses Esther with her royal title. And he says, what's thy petition? Queen Esther. And when Esther hears this title, it's a temptation for her. It is. Because she could very easily say, that sounds kind of nice. Queen Esther. Hmm. Certainly different from when I was an orphan. That's something I could be proud over. I kind of like that. I'm not just Esther. I'm Queen Esther. I'm the queen. I'm really very important around here. 
I think I like the sound of that Queen Esther. That's who I am. I'm Queen Esther. And if Esther would have given in to that distraction of reveling in the limelight of her title as queen, then she would have missed her golden opportunity to save the Jewish people. And we see in Esther the temptation to let pride and distraction bring her away from her purpose for why she was brought into the kingdom for such a time as this. It was a great distraction. But we see Esther so focused on her task. Esther's like the Lord Jesus Christ, who would let nothing distract him from his purpose. His purpose was to go to Jerusalem and die for the sins of man. His purpose was to allow God the Father to lay on him the iniquity of us all. And it says of him, of the Lord Jesus Christ, in Isaiah 50, verse 7, For the Lord will help me, therefore will I not be confounded, therefore have I set my face like a flint, like a rock, like a flint, and I know that I should not be ashamed. And in Luke 9, where he was coming to this Samaritan village, in 51 through 53, it says, And it came to pass when the time was come that he should be received up, he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem and set messengers before his face. And they went and entered into a village of Samaritans to make ready for him. And they did not receive him because his face was though he would go to Jerusalem. Pride is a trap. It separates us from the help of God, from the purpose of God. Proverbs 16.5 says, Everyone that is proud of heart is an abomination to the Lord. Though hand joined in hand, he shall not be unpunished. But even though Esther had heard her title as Queen Esther, she did not let it go to her head. She stayed the course. She stayed the course. And Esther then heard a surprising offer made to her by the king in verse 2. He says, What's thy petition, Queen Esther, and it shall be granted thee? What's thy request? It shall be performed even to the half of the kingdom. That was a surprise. It came as a surprise to Esther. She wasn't expecting this. Nobody was. I mean, Esther is told that she can have anything she wants to the half of the kingdom. This is no small kingdom that she's being offered half of. This kingdom stretches from Ethiopia all the way to India. It's the largest kingdom it's ever been, from Ethiopia all the way to India. And she hears that she's being offered half of it. Now, this was a time when Esther might have said, well, now, wait a second, not so fast here. Now, I wasn't expecting this. There's an opportunity like this doesn't come knocking every day. And so she said, let's just take a few moments. Let me take a few moments to think this over. Consider what's on the table. Something's new on the So let's think this over a bit. I started out as an orphan, having nothing, not even parents. And now I'm being offered half of the world, but not Esther. Not Esther. She set her sails on that ship, on her ship of her life, and she was sailing right towards saving the Jewish people, and not even that was going to dissuade her. And being called the queen and all of its pride, and that wasn't going to take her ship off course. And being offered half the kingdom was not going to take her ship off course. Nothing was going to take Esther's ship off course of saving the Jewish people from destruction. Esther was resisting the pride of her title. And she was resisting the offer of half the kingdom. And she was doing that because she wanted to follow God. She wanted to please God. She's a perfect example for us. Oh, we look at Esther and we say, now we understand what it says in 1 John 2, 15-17, where it says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that's in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life, It's not of the Father, it's of the world. And the world passes away. 
and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. So when Esther resisted being tempted, she was saying, I won't love the world. I won't love the world with the lust of the flesh and all the great position I could have with half the kingdom. Esther was saying, I won't love the world with its lust of the eyes and all the beauty I could make with half of, if I had half the kingdom. I won't love the world with the pride of life by enjoying being called and honored as the queen of half the kingdom. Thank you for joining Tom Cantor and the Friendship with God radio program today. Now we've got a tremendous offer for you. Our January resource, it's three books from Tom Cantor into one compilation book. It's three of Tom Cantor's most popular books, frequently asked questions by Jewish people, The Prophecy and Fulfillments of the Lord Jesus Christ, and How a Jew Came to Know and Put His Trust in the Jewish Messiah, which is Tom Cantor's life story and testimony. So three books into one January resource compilation book. Now, the Frequently Asked Questions book has 34 questions that are frequently asked by Jewish people and has great, succinct scriptural answers and apologetics for Gentiles as well, too. One of the first questions here is, do the Hebrew Scriptures support the triunity of the Godhead? Or is it possible for man to see God the Son? How can the Jewish Messiah be identified? Do the Hebrew Scriptures support the virgin birth? What is the difference between a Gentile and a Christian? What is the difference between Israel and the church? These and many other questions are answered in Tom Cantor's Frequently Asked Questions book, as well as 194 Prophecy and Fulfillments of the Lord Jesus Christ and His Own Life Story. Get this compilation resource book, $30 or more donation, and we can send this book to you. We'll also match a $30 donation towards Israel Restoration Ministries and Jewish Evangelism. So this is a great offer, three books into one, $30 or more donation, and a matching donation towards Jewish Evangelism. Call us today, 1-800-247-3051. 1-800-247-3051. That's 1-800-247-3051. You can also use our online bookstore at friendshipwithgod.org. Friendshipwithgod.org. Thanks for listening. Join us tomorrow.